Hi guys, welcome back to the Reverse to Revamp show. I'm your host, Lydia, and I think this is episode number five, I want to say. Wow, I feel like... I feel like this little show is growing. It's not so little anymore. It's it's getting out there, even though we still are only episode five. We've got so much more goodness coming, including today's show. Today's show, talking everything about blood sugar. Now, if you're like me, you probably thought that blood sugar balance and even just that term in general does not apply to you because... I don't assume, I mean, diabetes is actually a pretty big issue, but I think a lot of people just think if they don't have that, then they don't have to worry about this. But this was something that was brought to my attention not that long ago, actually. I've I've been someone who's been in the health space for, gosh, like, I don't know, at least four years. Not once had I thought about my blood sugar. Like, I mean, I'm pretty young and healthy, but maybe maybe not so much because blood sugar is something that I definitely need to keep in mind. And within the past few months of learning about this, I've Im- implemented these tools after recognizing that I actually have some symptoms as well as a lot of other people who don't know that they're linked to just a simple um, insulin or blood sugar issue. And after implementing these tools, I've been a lot better. And especially with PCOS like symptoms with hormones and overall gut digestion energy, we'll dive all into it. And let's just start off with some signs that you have an unbalanced blood sugar. So having unbalanced blood sugar levels, either consistently high, which is hypoglycemia, or I mean hyperglycemia or low hypoglycemia can lead to a variety of symptoms. Starting off with high blood sugar, which would be hyperglycemia. Wow, I can't talk. Um, Frequent urination. If your blood sugar levels are too high, your kidneys have to work a lot harder to get rid of all of the extra sugar. This can lead to more frequent trips to the bathroom. Also, excessive thirst, high blood sugar can cause dehydration, making you feel very thirsty all the time, feeling like no matter how much water you drink, you're still just so thirsty. Also, an increase in hunger despite eating, you might feel hungry all the time because your glucose, which is blood sugar, is not adequately reaching your cells for the energy. Now, I'm going to dive into how blood sugar like works in a little second but just hang in with me. Also, fatigue and weakness. When your cells lack enough energy due to high blood sugar that's not able to get into your cells, you will probably be left feeling pretty tired or weak. Also, blurry vision. High blood sugar can temporarily cause changes in the shape of the lenses in your eyes, leading to blurred vision. And I actually think I might have freaked or might have noticed this because I am someone I do have to wear contacts I have bad vision but I usually go on these long walks outside and I'm very aware of like the the space I usually go in a similar route anyways and my like health symptoms were really acting up in this um specific time like it was like a week or so it was like pretty bad and I remember thinking like 
why does everything look like kind of blurry even though i had contacts it could have been um like dry contact lenses but i literally think it was this issue i think like i was having a hard time with my blood sugar in that situation uh everything's resolved now but again that's just an example you don't have to have diabetes to have issues with your blood sugar Another issue can be frequent infections. High blood sugar weakens the immune system, making you more susceptible to infections, especially urinary tract, skin, and gums. Also, slow healing wounds and cuts may take longer to heal than usual. Now, some signs of low blood sugar hypoglycemia can include sweating and shaking. You might experience sudden sweating, trembling, especially in your hands and feet or your hands and legs. I feel like I have experienced this symptom in the past when I, there was like, I remember I didn't really eat enough food that night and I went to bed fine. I actually wasn't really that hungry, but I woke up in the middle of the night like shaking and that's literally because your blood sugar drops too low and that's just not good so we have to we have to be mindful of that so making sure you're getting enough food to feel ourselves another one is dizziness lightheadedness low blood sugar can make you feel dizzy and lightheaded this can also be a sign of not eating enough So again, in my past, I had went through this small phase in the beginning of my health journey where I was just drastically cutting my calories because I thought that's what was healthy. And it was the first time in my life I really ever got dizzy and I actually fainted once, which is so not great. Um, Far past that now, but again, those two ones can... The, a lot of the hypoglycemia issues can literally be resolved to just eating enough food for you. And if you're in a situation where you need to lose weight for like a health condition or like it's healthy for you to do so, there are better ways to do it than being in such an extreme deficit. So another one is rapid heartbeat. You might start, your heart might beating, start might start beating faster than usual during a quote-unquote hypoglycemic episode now there are people who are genetically like hypoglycemic a lot of hyperglycemia like high blood sugar is often due to lifestyle and diet but hypoglycemia can actually be more of an issue but again i think a lot of it is just resolved through lifestyle so another one is extreme hunger you may feel very hungry even if you recently ate then instability mood changes hypoglycemia can cause sudden mood swings irritability or a feeling of nervousness also confusion difficulty concentrating it might just be difficult overall to think clearly a blurred vision you might have trouble seeing clearly this kind of goes both ways And then in severe cases, you can have literally a loss of consciousness and seizures. If blood sugars drop too low, it's extremely dangerous for us and it can lead to a loss of consciousness, literally. So just keep in mind those symptoms and that they can all be caused by various other factors as well. So if you have one of these symptoms, that does not mean 
that it's directly linked to what I'm saying, but I would definitely suggest to go speak with a professional and maybe get some simple blood work done if you are aligning with any of these signs and symptoms. Now, let's explain blood sugar in simple terms so that way you can understand how this process works. So blood sugar, also known as blood glucose, is like the fuel that our bodies need to properly function. It comes from the food we eat, especially from foods that have sugar like carbohydrates, bread, pasta, fruits. Imagine your body as a car and the blood sugar is the gasoline that makes the car go. When we eat, our body turns the food into blood sugar and it travels in our blood to reach all different parts of our body. Our body cells use the blood sugar as energy to do all the things we love to do, like playing, running, thinking. It's like the energy that keeps our body running smoothly. But just like a car, our body needs the right amount of fuel. So if we have too much blood sugar, it can be a problem and make us not feel so good. And if we have not enough blood sugar, we might feel weak or tired. Luckily, our body has a special system to keep blood sugars blood sugar levels just right. It's like having a smart helper inside of us. We're all incredibly intelligent and your body just wants to help you. So this helper is called the pancreas. It makes a special hormone called insulin. And that is like the key that opens the door of all of our cells and lets the blood sugar inside. When we eat, the pancreas releases insulin to help our cells use the blood sugar And when we don't eat for a while, the pancreas knows to release a different hormone called glucagon, which tells our body to release some of the stored blood sugar to keep our energy levels steady. So blood sugar is like the fuel that keeps our body going and the pancreas is smart and it's making sure that we get the right amount of blood sugar at all times and it's an important part of staying healthy and feeling good. In people with diabetes, this delicate balance of blood sugar regulation is disrupted. In type 1 diabetes, the pancreas does not produce enough or any insulin, while in type 2 diabetes, the body's cells become resistant to the effects of insulin. This leads to abnormal blood sugar levels, either too high hyperglycemia or too low hypoglycemia which can lead to various health complications if you're not managing it properly or just the end goal is learning how to balance your blood sugar naturally through lifestyle so that these things never become an issue or if you have them then you absolutely have the capability to reverse this issue. Overall blood sugar also known as blood glucose is a critical component of our overall body's health and functioning. It is also crucial for our brain function. The brain relies heavily on glucose as its primary energy source. It needs a steady supply of glucose to function optimally. Low blood sugar levels can lead to confusion, dizziness, and unconsciousness like we mentioned earlier. Another reason blood sugar is crucial to keep in mind is when it comes to the importance of regulating your hormones. Blood sugar levels are closely linked to the secretion of hormones such as insulin and glucagon. Just remember, if we have one thing out of balance, the whole hormone system is. For example, if you have insulin resistance, it can be a cause of hormonal issues like PCOS and raised testosterone levels. 
I know it sounds weird to say or think that insulin is a hormone. I literally didn't know this for so long. I thought hormones were just our sex hormones like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, and androgen. And like I had heard of DHEAs, but there are a gazillion other hormones out there. I mean, I guess you probably have heard of melatonin and serotonin and some popular ones like that, but these are actually under a huge umbrella of overall hormones. So when people say talking about balancing their hormones, it is not just balancing your estrogen progesterone levels or vice versa. It is the whole system because they all interconnect with each other. All right, so here are some ways to keep your blood sugar levels at bay and have your body running optimally. Let's start off with getting enough protein. I'm talking at least 20 grams, aiming to 20 to 30 grams protein per meal for all three of those meals. And if you decide to have a snack or a couple, make sure that they have protein. So also including healthy fats and carbs with this. And when it comes to carbs, enjoy those sweets with your meal and not alone because this is going to ensure you have a slow release of glucose into your bloodstream, preventing a blood sugar spike and also crash. And back to the protein, actually, if anything, include enough protein in your breakfast specifically because your breakfast, the first thing you eat during the day is going to affect how you metabolize food for the rest of the day. So if you start off your breakfast having a croissant or like a bagel and cream cheese or just no protein, your body is going to react to the rest of your meals or food or whatever the rest of the day with how it did in that first meal of the day, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so it's super important to have your protein at breakfast, but also every single meal. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to keep in mind or tell you that I always keep in mind when making my meals is the order in which you eat your meals. I know it sounds kind of weird, but if you can, you definitely want to avoid having your carbs first. I'm not saying carbs are bad, but starting off with carbs in your like digestion is going to not only spike your blood sugar right off the bat but it's just going to mess up your digestion and you're not going to be able to use all of that energy from the food you're eating optimally so you want to incorporate healthy fats protein and fiber specifically to every single meal i know not every meal can be eaten in like a specific order that I'm about to explain, but if you can, it's a really good way, especially if you are really trying to target insulin resistance and it's something you're dealing with, try focusing on eating in this way for at least like two, three months, and then you'll be able to get back to a state of homeostasis and overall just being able to absorb more with your food and not be all over the place. So let's start off with the steps. So number one, you want to pick a protein, aim for four to eight ounces. Number two, choose your source of healthy fat, aim for 15 to 25 grams of fat per meal. Now, with all of these estimates, I don't count calories, but I I just feel like overall, um, being aware of like 
what serving size is what is helpful for making your plate and honestly it, i feel like it's just intuitive like it kind of comes natural like the natural serving size of protein is like already four ounces so that's like how much we should be eating you know like it's not like you're gonna eat half a plate of like six avocados like that's just kind of weird so naturally i think a lot of recipes already have all of these incorporated but i'm just kind of leading this out as reference so step number three add some fiber ideally seven to ten grams my favorite sources of fiber are chia and flax seeds avocado literally even having avocado toast with eggs and um like some yogurt or something every single morning it's just hitting so good and also chickpeas um chickpeas you can actually make them in just so many different ways they're so good we're really any bean it's just great for fiber i've also been loving cruciferous vegetables recently because it really helps the liver detox estrogen as well as a zillion other things that our liver has to process through now step number four is picking a starchy vegetable complex carb fruit and for optimal blood sugar balance, limit it to more one serving size. Um, so just like a portion of your plate rather than like half your plate, you really want to put your veggies in a par- portion of it too because I feel like a lot of us are slacking on the veggies. But yeah, so other than all of that, I'm going to let you know the tea on something that's helped me so much if you happen to have a much higher carb meal and you know you're about to get real sleepy after and you just want to lay down and i know that's what we want to do but go for a brisk just short little walk after each meal at least lunch and dinner um even like five to ten minutes makes all the difference to our insulin response so just trying your body moving This is basically going to help us so we don't get hangry or find ourselves reaching in the snack drawer 30 minutes after eating a meal. I used to experience these symptoms and I had no idea that it was just the way I was eating or not pairing the right things with each other. Like for example, even a snack situation. Like instead of just having a banana, like why don't you try having a banana with some nuts or like a banana and a protein shake or something like that rather than like just it alone. That's just my take while you're trying to balance your insulin levels. If you experience any of these things like feeling tired or hangry after a meal, it's a pretty good indicator that your blood sugar is dysregulated and you can use these tools to do a simple fix. Now the second one, we're going to talk about caffeine intake. So, never consume caffeine on an empty stomach, especially first thing in the morning without any food or water. Wait at least an hour before waking up to consume caffeine because our natu- or our body naturally has a cortisol rise during the morning. And basically, we want to avoid wreaking havoc on our hormones. So, if you don't love breakfast and you usually have your coffee just try to at least have a light meal with a healthy fat and protein to ensure that your hormones are happy and healthy but if it was me i would definitely suggest having a hearty breakfast because that's going to sustain your energy for the rest of the day and definitely get that protein in there 
Now, side note, I actually used to intermittent fast, but as a female, I've learned that it's actually not optimal for our hormones. A lot of these research studies are based on men, and even if they are with women, the reason why people, and myself included in the past, feel quote-unquote great during intermittent fasting and, oh, I don't feel hungry, is because your body is releasing cortisol to keep your hunger at bay. So over time, your body gets used to it and it knows to release more cortisol than needed. So that's not good long-term because cortisol equals stress. And that's just a little side note, but sometimes when your cortisol is released, your blood sugar is also dysregulated. So I guess it is something good to note in here. Now, the next one is emotional stress. Crazy enough, but emotional stress and fears can actually cause a higher spike in insulin than eating a cupcake. (laughs) No, so be mindful of your mental health and it plays such a role in your overall well-being. Practice breath work, journaling, meditation, even hot cold therapy can help alongside alongside like overall awareness of yourself and knowing what triggers you. And just, even if you don't think you're a stressful person, you probably are. And I used to hate when people told me that. Like, I was like, I'm not stressed. And then if someone were to ask me, like, how much I did in a day, I would be like, okay, well, I got this, 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 this. Trying to figure out all this, like, blah, 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 blah. And, like, that, that's high stress. Even if you don't think you're high stress. So, honestly, we all need to incorporate these healthy, mindful practices. (laughs) Next one is sleep and hydration. Poor sleep is, first of all, linked to a gazillion issues. (laughs) Let's just start off by getting seven to nine hours of quality sleep to help regulate our cortisol levels and not allow our blood sugar levels to creep up. Now, the difference between men and women, women actually do need a lot more sleep than men because our hormones are basically a lot more complex than them. And unfortunately, we don't have testicles to produce hormones that run 24-7. Our hormones pretty much reset when we are sleeping and pretty much only when we're sleeping. So that's including insulin. And insulin is for both men and women though. But I wanted to note that because we we need to prioritize that. Poor sleep affects blood sugar as much as someone who is diabetic. So... If you don't get enough sleep, your insulin is going to be really, really on edge for the next day. So I would make sure to fuel up on a super blood sugar balancing hearty breakfast with sufficient protein and including the things I mentioned earlier. So curating your meal with protein, fat, and fiber and try to pass on the coffee if you can. Even though you had poor sleep, it's going to want you want you uh, reaching for that cup of joe because you're lacking in energy but that's just going to cause more stress to our body and affect your blood sugar levels even more and leave you more vulnerable to those sugar cravings we're going to be on a roller coaster for the day and it's not going to be great so the next one is skipping meals waiting too long between meals or skipping them can alter insulin which will eventually cause your blood sugar to drop so like i mentioned earlier i had experienced this a couple times i think i had my dinner like way too early and or it just wasn't good 
ratio to my sleep like I went to bed super late and then like it was not good there like I had went too long and then I ended up waking up in the middle of the night because my blood sugar dropped too low like at least give yourself like three hours before you sleep with like not having food because that's gonna help but if you go like longer than that like I think I had went like five or six hours like that's too long yeah I I usually do like three four meal or three four hours I would say four even five sometimes hours between meals and let me just tell you I was not in that position even a couple months ago I like I'm telling you I definitely had an insulin issue and I'm still constantly working at it every single day to improve it because I was hungry like every single hour like every other hour I had to have a snack and that's not good. I know in like the 90s or whatever, people used to push, oh, six meals a day. It keeps your metabolism great and running. No, 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 no. Because if we're constantly snacking, you're basically constantly having your blood sugar levels elevated because every single time we eat, no matter what it is, our blood sugar is gonna raise at least a little bit. And so never allowing it to come back to homeostasis and level out is not good and you're never going to be able to basically tap into your fat storage and use what our body needs to use as energy and then long term that's going to lead to basically diabetes so not good other than all of that and i mean there's definitely some more things in there but this is all that i got for today's episode Overall, stay active to help circulate your blood, incorporate herbs like cinnamon. That is really good for lowering blood sugar, actually. So if you have a weekend morning smoothie or oatmeal or something, put a dash of cinnamon in there. Also, just pay attention to your gut health because our gut health does have such a role in our overall health and especially the way we metabolize things are metabolism in general our hormones all come down to the gut so if you're not starting out with a healthy gut in the first place then that's definitely a great place to start out my first episode or i guess technically second was on gut health so if you haven't listened to that i would suggest going back to that also i have an episode all about hormones insulin is a hormone so i would suggest listening to those two if you're really looking to take your health to the next level But I'm super happy to share all this information with you because, again, education is so powerful and I'm happy to be able to help others out there learn about their health and hopefully you take it into your own hands to research it more on yourself and implement maybe some of these tools and tactics to enhance your life. I'll see you guys or I guess... Um, we can chit chat on Spotify or Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts next Thursday. Again, the Reverser Revamp show is released every single Thursday. So don't forget to follow us. I believe you can turn on the notifications too, but if not, next week's episode is going to get even more juicy. Okay. Love ya. Bye.
Be sure to give us a review on your podcast platform. Don't forget to follow, turn on those notifications because I will be here every single Thursday showing up for you guys and making sure you become the best version of yourself, living the healthiest, happiest life. If you need to reach the Reverse to Revamp show, you can email us at reverse to revamp at gmail.com. With that being said, I'll see you next week.